Welcome back, folks. 27 past the hour of 1 o'clock. Greg Laundrie here. You there. Happy to have you here on this Tuesday edition of The Word with G. The big topic of conversation today has obviously been Tim Banks and the Vols. He's the new D.C. out there at Rocky Top. Excited to talk about that. The UT basketball team, Josh Heupel. I'm going to try my best not to call him Jeremy Heupel. I'm kind of combining him and Jeremy Pruitt together over the last two days. But I'm going to try to improve upon that as we go back to the phone lines and get to our next guest and our final guest of the program for the day. My man Chase Green from Chat 10 Sports. Chase, happy to talk to you on the air, my friend. What's going on? Oh, not much, man. You know, just uh, surviving this treacherous winter storm today, man. So, you know, just hanging in, hanging out, hanging on, baby. Everybody told me, oh, yeah, coming at you, you know, Chattanooga, there's not going to be any snow. It's going to be nice and warm. It might get a little chilly here and there. And then all of a sudden we get these flurries and it's like I say, hey, Alexa, what uh, what's the temperature like today? It's 20 degrees right now. Uh, what? Yeah. My God. Yeah, dude. Um, Sorry about that. You know, we, uh. But at least we're not Nashville, I guess. So what is this? Is Nashville getting dumped ice. on right now? It's not the snow. It's the ice from what I'm seeing. Ooh, yeah, Clay yeah, Travis the posted a video, worst. and I, saw, I know Channel 3 and Channel 9 all posted it around here. Uh, poor guy just trying to back out of his driveway. Literally slides sideways all the way down his neighborhood. I was like, uh, what do you do, man? What do you do? Oh, gosh, yeah. I um, <laughs> Quick story. My house in Connecticut I used to live on was sort of on the side of a hill, so it was sort of chattanooga-ish with all the hills around here and Mm -hmm. if you drove left out of my driveway you would go up a a windy hill that would kind of curve to the right and then back to the left and then you kind of go back to the right a little bit and when it snowed out it was always so funny i'd sit up in my room and watch the snow coming down when i wasn't shoveling our long ass driveway and try to watch people (laughs) drive up this windy hill and make it up about halfway up the first turn and just slide their way back down the hill it's uh as long as there was no accidents, I was I was happy, and, and people were able to say, okay, F this, I'm going to turn around, I'm just not going to go this way. Anymore. <laughs> Smart plays. Smart yeah. plays, but great entertainment. I feel exactly, like. yes. Great people watching and driving watching. As, every, as long as everybody stayed uh, safe and healthy driving-wise, um, and hopefully everybody listening is, is doing the same. So, Chase, uh, you work for Chat 10 Sports. You do some podcasting with them, and you're, you're big into the Vols here in, in the Chattanooga yeah. area. So, First and foremost, give me your thoughts. Let's start at the very top of things with Josh Heupel, the hiring of Heupel and him bringing over a bunch of his staff from UCF and just the job that you're expecting out of him and the hire that that, that he was uh, a couple of weeks ago. Um, I do. I liked it. I know a lot of people thought it was lazy. And that's tough to say because, I know you mentioned it earlier with all these allegations possibly coming up is with some sort of punishment. You don't know if there's going to be a postseason ban. You don't know what kind of scholarships you're getting taken away. I think it was still a really good hire. We've mentioned the offensive numbers. This guy is going to be a lot of fun to watch. And if anything, if anything, this guy is at least going to make it intriguing to come to Tennessee offensively. Like you're going to be in games because you're going to be able to score points. You're going to have fast, fast offenses up and down the field. And, you know, we've got some speed guys. Velas Jones is going to be somebody to watch the wide receiver position that I really think Heupel and that uh, and all of his new staff that he comes in with continuity. Like these guys are all of his guys that he's had at UCF. There's a couple of new guys, but, um, you know, they're still going to be good. And 
I can't. I'm with you. I don't know if it's Hallsdale or Hazel, <laughs> I, yeah, but there. Now I don't feel as bad for not knowing it. No, I, I'm I'm with you, dude. But I I do know he was in a great room with Sam Bradford and all those Oklahoma QBs. So that guy can. Guys coached around. He's been with Heifel for like 13 years. So continuity is a big thing with this team. And you got some. You got some guys with speed on this offense. And I think Heifel is going to make that. He's going to make it as fun as possible for this team. So there's going to be some intrigue. I think it's going to get some excitement back in this fan base. And you're not going to be watching some slow, slow games. So I, I like the hire. It's not lazy. It's just. I think it's the best you can do with your circumstances. Yeah, if you're going to lose, you have to at least be exciting when you lose and try to put up a, you know big offensive numbers. I think people will be more forgiving if you lose and you're putting up like 50 points a game and at least you're you're mm-hmm. making some strides offensively. Can you imagine uh you know just rewinding the clock a little bit player-wise and giving him a guy like Alvin Kamara? Man, don't don't get it started. If you want to talk about hurting this fan base, looking back, if I have to watch one more replay of a swing, the one route that puts her in for him was a swing route out to the right or the left, maybe, and that's all you ever got out of that guy. And you watch him play in the NFL, it just it just hurts the soul. Yeah, I can imagine Chase Green just again, our guest from uh, Chat Ten Sports. Let's talk Tim Banks now. And um, what was your initial reaction yesterday when the story broke about Tim Banks and and him being the defensive coordinator? Did you know anything about him right away, or did you kind of have to dig into him like I did and and kind of uh, get get his background and look him up? Uh, I'm I'm a little bit with you. I'd heard the name just kind of through the vol quests and the the Twitter worlds, but I I didn't know a whole lot about him. But I do like it. I, I, I know your boy Trey came on just a few minutes ago on the call talking about his, I mean, really his Midwest presence. Like, I mean, uh, the Detroit area is a nice area, and he's, that's where he's from. He's got that personality from what everybody says. So that's going to be a really nice pickup because he did have some guys that wound up being some four-star recruits. I, you know, a lot of his stuff, his schemes that I talked about in the first hour, that's going to be some tough things that they're going to have to fill. Um, I don't know if we quite have the personnel to fit some of the stuff. I do think he's going to transition from the four-two-five, maybe do a three-three-five um, to kind of help us out. We'll see. But I do think that uh, it was a good hire. I'm, I'm with you. I didn't didn't know a whole lot about it before, but he's done well. He's produced. He's a good recruiter. Uh, also, you touched on the co-defensive coordinator thing. No, I was just going to uh, ask you about that. Another one. Dude, I don't. I didn't know that was a humongous thing in conversation. <laughs> I'd heard about it, but the more and more you dive into this hiring cycle again for Tennessee, which that's one of the funnest things to do is you know once we are ready to fire a coach, let the rumors begin, the groomers or whatever else you want to call them. So that was always fun. You learn about diff- different positions and code different positions. So yeah, good stuff, man. So now after having looked into Tim Banks and you mentioned his scheme and things like that and how they may have to go with more of a three, three, five, just so it could kind of transition. And and once they get the right personnel in there, I'm assuming maybe they can transition a little bit more to his traditional four, two, five with the players that they have coming back and maybe some of the guys that they brought in, whether it be recruits or transfers or whatever it may be. How do you think, do you think that they have, some good personnel there on defense that they can utilize within Tim Banks' scheme? I do. I, I think there are positions that will be upgraded even with your same personnel. And what I mean by that is I think the secondary with Burrell and Kenneth George, just a couple of these guys in the secondary, 
that is Banks' acumen. It's what he's done with secondary guys. And if you can improve that, then you're really going to make drastic strides. And as Tennessee fans know, that was the hardest thing in the world was just to cover a simple slant for Tennessee last year. If you ran a slant route, if you ran those little, you know, the Madden play that we all see, you know, the double slants and out route, oh, my goodness, you're tearing Tennessee apart. <laughs> so it is nice to have somebody that really thinks going to come in here and teach these guys just positions. I mean, like just having – being in the right position was going to be a big thing for the secondary, learning little things. Um, bringing in Gardner also on the defensive line – as a defensive line coach – Matt Howard was even made before Banks, obviously. You're getting some big-time recruiting. Uh, Gardner's been awesome at Auburn, and he's had multiple, multiple studs come off that defensive line. So now you got somebody who's going to elevate that front, and you have a secondary guy that's really going to make some of these guys just a little bit better because the talent's been there. It's just never gotten better. Development's been the hardest part for Tennessee for years now. Since, I mean... Uh, really, the Lane Kiffin years from whenever on, from whenever on, that's that's what's been tough about this team is you're not seeing the the good talent that's been recruited get any better. So I think this defensive staff is gonna, uh, whenever he gets that built, but you even with Gardner and even with Banks, you're at least gonna see the defensive front and the secondary get a lot better pretty quick. Chase Green again, our guest talking Vols here, football wise first, and we will get to some basketball coming up in just a moment. If you want to join us. You can hit us up on the phone line, 423-648-1051. Now, does it, does this, I guess, does it sour this hire at all, knowing, as I mentioned in the first hour, that he wasn't the first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth, maybe even twelfth choice of this, of this, of uh, Josh Heupel and, and, and this staff and the powers that be there in Tennessee, or does that not bother you, bother you at all? Um, as a... If somebody who's followed this for a long time, it shouldn't bother you. Obviously, if you've you've been acclimated a little bit to the Vol world in the last couple of weeks, it's going to outrage a lot of people. And I think maybe the small thing that is is Banks has been a defensive coordinator under Butch Jones twice, and people are not going to like that, even though he had some very very solid defenses in Cincinnati and at S or at CMU. Sorry, um, so he's going to. He's going to be good, but I don't think it's that souring. It kind of sucks to see because it's just repetitive news. You get turned down by a linebacker's coach at Ohio State, but that's somebody that he's going to wind up making a really good career for himself, Mr. Washington up there. And you see a couple guys that they're great names because of where they're at. You get beat out by Andy Reid, the Chiefs, for for another defensive coordinator option. That's okay. He's going to stay there. He's going to have some fun. He's going to be in some some more Super Bowls, I believe. So if you look at it in context, it shouldn't bother you, but it does kind of suck to see weekend or really day in, day out over the weekend. This guy turns you down. That guy turns you down. And Banks even turned them down previously last week. Oh, wow. So him coming back, yeah, it was something that this was the previous offer. He's like, I don't know. I don't think so, man. I think it's going to go on. So now you're getting him back. Now you have somebody that does have some really good stats. And this guy's been in the top 25 in a lot of defensive sectors or wherever stats you want to look at for the last five years at Penn State. So you got somebody good. It just it does kind of suck to see as a fan. But, hey, you know what? We're getting turned down like, you know, the big hefty kid at prom. So, But it's okay. <laughs> Terrific analogy there. Again, Chase Green, our guest here. On the word, but G talking Vols football. And now let's transition to the basketball team. And 
this, as I've been alluding to over the last couple of days and even last week, it's it's been kind of a, a roller coaster ride for this Vols team. And the high, obviously, was you when you beat the 15th-ranked team in the nation at home a couple of Saturdays ago at uh, against Kansas, and you beat them handily by, you know, basically, what was it, 19 points. And then you have a letdown, you come back, you go to Ole Miss, you lose that game by two. And then you you struggle a little bit with Kentucky on the road, but again, it's at Kentucky, and that's when you and I met. We went out to the watch party. The whole thing had a good time over there, and um, we got an opportunity to watch that game, and they ended up coming back late and winning that game. And then they have a little bit more of a roller coaster ride against Georgia where they start off super strong, and then in the second half they, they don't deal with pressure well, and they turn the ball over a lot, and they, they basically escape there against Georgia. And then they go to LSU, and they really can't get anything going, and, and they lose that game. Uh, by almost 15 points. So how do you view this basketball team right now? And everything that I, everybody that I was asking everybody yesterday, do you view this team as an elite eight team as it's currently constructed right now in the way that they're playing? Um, when they're playing, no. Talent-wise, yes. Um, and the big thing about them is, gosh, this team's frustrating. And I know you'd mentioned, you'd, you'd bet on them a few times. And I mentioned this in an article, uh, no free shout-out here, um, but uh, today I dropped a, uh, an article talking about some betting, and you don't bet on right. your own team. You just don't do it. And Tennessee <laughs> is the most frustrating team because they're up 20 in the second half against Georgia, and then it gets cut to eight. You know, Sometimes you have a five-game parlay, and you had them at nine and a half, and that's how you break your heart at 10 o'clock at night. But they, I think the biggest frustration with them is they don't have – as Jimmy Dykes would say, that dude. I mean, Springer's becoming that, but you don't have like an elite level quickness type guard that can just go get his own shot whenever you want. Everything looks tough. Yeah. I mean, Wells and I even discussed that when we were at the watch party. It's just like everything is hard for them. If you pack the paint on them, you're forcing them to make threes. And now against Kansas, those threes went down. And that looks really cool. But guess what? That's not something you're going to make weekend and every other day in a tournament. And that's going to be something whenever they go up to Indianapolis, and I, obviously Tennessee's going to make the tournament. They're on the three or four line right now. They're going to have a chance to be a decent seed, but they're also in that realm of possibility of getting a, you know, 12 to 13 seed that's pretty daggum good. And those teams that can shoot the lights out and play zone on you are going to tear Tennessee apart. But if they can figure out something with Keon and Springer the way they're playing, They've just got to get the upperclassmen, which a problem you shouldn't have, hmm. back in order. That's that's the so that's the frustrating part about them is your young guys are now taking over and Folky and Ponds. Uh, you just never know, man. So what what needs to change in your mind as you mentioned the the upperclassmen? What needs to change with them and, and, and in your mind over these last four games, in which all games that they should win? What do they need to do in your eyes to maybe show that they are? ready to go and ready for a primetime spot and being on the 3-4 line and improving themselves as they go into the SEC tournament? I really think they have to find a little bit more leadership. And I know that's cliche and whatnot, but Josiah Jordan-James is the type of guy that I really think that he can, if he can find a way to, he's got the vocal leadership aspect of him. He's tough. I mean, he's a physically gifted. I mean, look at the guy, 6'6", six, six, you know, good size, good ball handler. He, he's somebody that when you look at him, you watch his game, and there's there's spurts. There's these like eight minute spurts. You're like, oh, that, that guy could be a triple double threat whenever he wants to. He's probably our, he's, he actually is leading the team in rebounds right now, and 
he is by far the best offensive rebounder. Whenever we have a situation where you got to go get free throws, he's somebody you want in there. Um, so I do think he also has to just turn into a little bit more of a leader vocally, and he has to go want to go get a bucket. Vescovi's been our only guy that attacks the, attacks the hole, but, man, he's weak with the ball. He and Folky both are two people that just – it seems like every time they make a pass or they, they really try to drive to the hole, they get stripped. Sometimes they might get it back, don't get me wrong, but every time you got to bounce back out, you got to dribble back out, and sometimes that leads to another – three for pawn somebody that can make it sometimes that he can go two for 12 so you got to find somebody that just can go get a bucket for you whenever you need it because that's that's been the hardest part is we're just Tennessee's to sit on for so many threes right now and that's just because teams are either playing zone or they're just packing the paint and you know adjusting to them and that's just causing frustrations because they can't score case green again our guest here on the word with g talking ut athletics football and basketball yeah, it is frustrating. You know, you, you really can't only rely on that shot, as you mentioned, against Kansas to go down and they pack the paint. They don't have anybody who can really go in and get their own shot. How impressed have you been with the youngster, Jaden Springer? And do you think he can, as a as a young player, elevate his game enough over these last four games and going into the SEC tournament and then in the NCAA tournament to be that type of player that they need him to be? Or is it just maybe a little bit too soon for him? Mm. It's hard to say no against it because I think he is last three games averaging over 20 some points. So he's looked great. He really is like, I, I, I was excited whenever this recruit came across because I was like, man, Springer has, you know, he's a, he's a little bit of a, he had a little YouTube run there for a while. I mean, the guy's got great bounce. He's super strong. He's one of those tough, like bulldog type guards. And that's exactly what you need. If you look back in the history of college basketball, it's like that tough bulldog guard that's taken teams to places i mean all the way back to kimba walker ty lawson whoever yes. you want to look at those kind of guys get you wins in the tournament so that's really nice to see this is coming along for tennessee is they're having this type of type of player come along at this right time and you're just looking for a few you're really honestly looking everybody else is playing okay keon's really coming along he's going to be a top 15 pick I and mean, he's a lottery pick in the nba just pure athleticism and potential but if Fulke comes along, Josiah Jordan-James comes along, then those two guys really can make a run in this tournament. So I, I think with with Springer coming along as, as much as he has in the last few weeks, you've got a piece there that at least gets you past the first weekend, in my personal opinion. But still going to be tough. Who did it better, Keon Johnson or Admiral Schofield? Oh, that's tough. <laughs> Come on, you can't, you can't give me that one, dude. Oh, I think I, I was personally I was invested in that team so much. I I'm giving a slight nod to Admiral oh, because you man. know a slight slight nod. That was so much fun. That team, that bench was great. I, I got to give a slight nod to to Admiral, and I know I may get crushed for that, but it's my first. No, no, I don't. I don't think you get crushed for that. But as somebody who's an <laughs> innocent bystander here, who's just getting into vol basketball, I I just looked at both of those dunks, and I just thought the one that that Keon threw down was a little bit more impressive than Schofield. I know Schofield had to go through a guy, um, but but Johnson sorted it as well, and he cocked it back and threw it down and kind of gave you a little Vince Carter, kind of stuck his arm in the rim a little bit and just kind of hung out there for a second. I just thought it was so swaggy, dude. It was such a good dunk. I think I think the Schofield part of it, too, is one for the big boys. You know, like mm-hmm. some, you see all these lanky athletic guys like Keon, 
they're blessed with big hops. I think that was one for the Thick Boys for Admiral. You know? Okay, I got you. I got you. Again, Chase Green has been our guest here on The Word with G. Chase. You can follow him up on Twitter at MCGreen423. For the area code, do it one time for Chattanooga. And um, you, you, you're you the podcast host and writer for Chat 10 Sports, Valhalla Pod, and sure. Tighten Up Talk Pod. Give me a little uh, rundown of what exactly you do for all these different entities and, and just talk so talk us up a little bit about everything that you do. Yeah, man. We just, uh, as my good friend Trey Wynn started this podcast network, it's become a network, um, man, almost two, two and a half years ago. So, mm-hmm. Uh, I've currently just kind of taken over. Fate Trey's doing some family stuff right now. So, but uh, yeah, I mean, we just we've got multiple pods that come across. Chat Ten Sports. We it has its own separate podcast, I guess. Link. It's you know we just do a lot of national sports, fun interviews, different things like that. Valhalla. Welcome to Valhalla is obviously all balls based. Uh, my boy Mike Piper is my co-host on that. He's got a really good article coming out about the whole staff and the offensive staff coming out tonight, and we'll be recording tonight and dropping it tomorrow um titans up talk has been uh so much fun because if, if you've ever been out to the parkway poorhouse to watch parties our our titan fan base here has been a freaking blast it's become a weird little family and i love all those people so shout out to all the titans fans chattanooga titans fans follow that on facebook no free shout out um but uh yeah man it's it's been a lot of fun and we've just uh created different ones our guys we got a braves one coming up here in the off to the off season so it's We've had some good guests, man. They, those guys have really done well with the Braves one, and it's going to be a good run coming back. Those guys got a lot of connections, so stay tuned if you're a Braves fan. Um, but, yeah, man, anytime, any guests, we're, we're happy to have them on, G. So we're, we'll definitely get you on too soon. Oh, no doubt. I mean, I was just going to say, if you ever want a Mets perspective on the Braves side of things, let me know. I will I will come Ooh, and give you that for sure. That. We can have some fun with that yes, one, sir. no doubt. <laughs> well, thanks we for do that. That'll, oh, I'm, I'm about to sign that one up in the next few minutes. The group said, "Do it up, baby. I'm, I'm ready. I'm here for all the brave smoke you want to throw at me. I'm, I'm ready and I'm excited <laughs> for the NLE season." And uh, I went through the schedule, and I was a little disappointed though that Mets Braves do not play in Atlanta until the very last week of the season on a weekend. Yeah, yeah, tough man. Disappointed about uh, that for sure, but not disappointed in your job and your first spot of many here on the Word with G. Thanks so much for being with me. Look forward to having you on again, and look forward to uh, to going to some more of those watch parties, man. Those were that was a lot of fun, and um, I'm excited to get to know a lot more about this group and about the sports around here and, and what you guys do and, and just around the Chattanooga area. And it's a, it's a lot of great stuff, and I'm I'm happy that we've got an opportunity to meet and uh, you you were able to come on the uh, on the show today. Thanks, dude. I do appreciate you, man. All right, buddy. We'll talk soon. There he goes. Chad, Chase Green. I don't want to say Chad, Chad Green. No, Chase Green here on The Word with G.